This is an RNZ podcast. Hi, Lucinda. Hello. Now, what information did you want about the test that you didn't get? that I knew that the test, now we're talking about the COVID-19 test, Mm. that it was safe as per uh, recorded on the consent form, that the results would be accurate and the test was was necessary. That was Australian woman Lucinda Balsh talking to Heather Duplessy-Ellen on News Talk ZB's drive show last Tuesday evening, shortly after she'd been released after 28 days in MIQ in Wellington. And the reason that Lucinda Balsh got a double dose of isolation was her refusal to have a PCR swab test for COVID-19, making her something of an MIQ martyr after the media got wind of her story last weekend. Now, when she was asked, she told reporters, like she told Heather Duplessy-Ellen there, she was only seeking assurances about the safety and efficacy of the swab test. And she told RNZ that she'd seen some research from Portugal that the test was 97% ineffective. Headlines like, show me the facts, says woman who refused COVID-19 test, made her stance seem almost rational, if a bit unreasonable. But that stat that Lucinda Bosch quoted from Portugal came from a court ruling after four Germans there had challenged their quarantine in Portugal last year. Now, reports of this have been circulated by people and groups who are campaigning against COVID-19 restrictions in several countries. And Heather Duplessy-Allen's conclusion last Tuesday was this. It is simply because she is asking for information and not getting it that she is prepared to be a total pain in the butt. But those stories about Lucinda Balsh skated over, or in the case of RNZ's one, failed to mention Lucinda Balsh's own associations with organised resistance to anti-COVID restrictions here and in her native Australia. In one of several YouTube videos that she recorded from MIQ with notorious conspiracy peddler Karen Brewer, it was pretty clear that Lucinda Balch's request for more information about the test was actually an absurd ultimatum. You need to provide me all of these things. Um, proof that the COVID um, virus has been identified, proof that mask wearing is um, safe and effective, proof that um, that nothing can be implanted when they do, in, in you when they do a, a COVID test, that it's 100% accurate, and, and actually state that all of the statistics, the COVID death st- statistics are accurate, all those sorts. It's a very comprehensive, very watertight document. It's, le- it's lawful and legally binding and non-negotiable. Now, Karen Brewer is an Australian conspiracy theorist who now lives in Northland, and she organises anti-lockdown demonstrations there, and she believes all journalists are Freemasons. And there was much, much more where that came from from her online. On Midweek Media Watch last Wednesday, I talked to Karen Hay in The Lately Show about the red flags raised by Lucinda Bolsh and her story that many in the media missed, including RNZ, when reporting her story. That's on the Media Watch page of the RNZ website, the RNZ app, or the Media Watch podcast podcast feed if you missed it. Well, one who did pick up the red flags online this past week was filmmaker and writer Dylan Reeve, who told Media Watch's Hayden Donnell why it matters that the media check out people who take a stand on COVID-19 restrictions. That it was a bit unusual to hear the story in the first place, especially with a name attached to it. So that piqued my interest and then I just uh, hit Google. I soon found she'd filed a uh, like a statement in relation to police action at an anti-COVID lockdown rally in Melbourne. She was obviously participating in the protest against COVID restrictions. Then I found a text of what was apparently a press release from her, which then led me to a, a YouTube channel. In one of her early videos, she describes herself as being someone who 
wouldn't take a test, wouldn't wear a mask, wouldn't quarantine the host of the show she was talking on, you know, described the place she was as a quarantine camp for those COVID hoaxes. It's a bit tricky because you don't always see those things. I think if, if you're a working journalist and you're trying to get stories out quite quickly, you just sort of take people at their word a little bit. There's some tells with some of the stuff she says, right? I think she talks about common law a lot. Any mention of, of common law and you're, you're immediately going, well, you know, common law is, is this other law that people believe usurps the current law. So that's already a, a sort of an unusual starting point. And you also, when you're talking about people who are looking to court rulings about the efficacy of medical procedures, like courts aren't scientists. They're not always the best place to get your medical information. And typically those sorts of rulings are not what they seem. This is the one about the 97% PCR test rate. Yeah, so uh, I mean, fundamentally that thing. court case is less about the efficacy of the tests and more about the way the law in Portugal was implemented for a similar kind of quarantine situation. We've done 1.6 million tests. If they were 97% ineffective, we'd either have something like 1.5 something million positive tests or a lot of negative tests and a lot of actual virus running around the country. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But should journalists actually apply a bit more scepticism to some of these people, especially when they're coming to them with claims like that? I think so. I think there's a thing where a lot of people with kind of what you might call fringe beliefs uh, are pretty media savvy and they understand perhaps about, you know, how time-poor journalists are inclined to publish, I guess, controversial opinions. Right, because this is actually not... It's not not a story. A woman is taking a stand. She wants to stay in MIQ for 28 days. I mean, that's interesting on its own. Yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's an issue of, um, of credulousness. If you hear her describe the paperwork she put together, I mean, essentially, she's asking questions that can't be answered, at least if, if she gets to decide whether they have been answered. She's asking whether COVID can be proven to exist, whether masks are effective and safe, whether um, every aspect of the COVID statistics is correct. You know, you, no matter what results she gets, she can come back and say, I don't think this is accurate. Um, and what's really interesting in this case is it's, it's unusual that you get both sides of someone's position, right? You don't normally get to hear the, the careful position that they're, that they're spinning to traditional media while at the same time being able to go and directly see what she's telling people, you know, who believe the same things she does. Mm. We're going to be distributing the COVID-19 vaccine over the coming months. Obviously, that's going to be one of these wedge issues that conspiracy theorists try to exploit. What are the risks of giving coverage to people like Lucinda Bolch, even if it's neutral or even sceptical coverage? Arguably, some things don't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you give coverage to someone who believes a JFK conspiracy theory. But... When we're talking about, you know, a health response to take certain actions for the, you know, health response of the whole country, these are planting seeds of doubt and they're providing arguably ammunition to people who would try to challenge that response. Um, so, you know, for example, Billy TK still has a lot of protests, still does a lot of protests, and most of them don't get covered by the media because, you know, it's pretty clear what he's up to. But on the other hand... You know, certain stories are in the zeitgeist and people are going to talk about them regardless and it's probably best that the media take those stories carefully and actually provide context and, and detail. And it's hard to define exactly which story is which, mm. which person is which. There's been a number of people who've, 
you know, chosen for whatever reason not to take the tests that they, that are required to be taken in order to be released at 14 days, and the media hasn't had to report their details because they haven't gone to the media to tell them. That was Dylan Reeve talking to Media Watch's Hayden Donnell about media coverage of the MIQ martyr Lucinda Balsh, who hit the headlines this past week for refusing to take a COVID-19 test and ending up with an extended stay in MIQ, which she now says she'll challenge in court.